You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast, the number one resource and publication for IoT. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon. Before I give you a quick overview about this episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, please be sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to this episode on a podcast directory, um, please be sure to subscribe to the directory to ensure you get the latest episodes as soon as they become available. Uh, but today's episode, we have James Wu, the CEO of Innerspace. They are a technology company that brings reliable and insightful data about human behavior to people who can implement solutions that enhance indoor experiences. So it's really kind of cool. They use existing Wi-Fi infrastructure to track anonymous signals from smart devices and translate them into actionable and easy to understand insights about how and where people are spending their time indoors. So we talk a lot about kind of the indoor technology, um, the benefits of it, the value that it provides, uh, and how it all kind of connects together to create a very seamless and valuable experience. Um, we talk about kind of how things have been done to, to collect that data prior to these new technologies being available, different use cases, uh, advice for implementation, advice for adoption, um, and challenges that they're seeing in the market. A lot of that is around the educational components um, of people moving from kind of outdated older technology into new data uh, new technology that does this a lot better at a more affordable cost um, just in an overall kind of more um, successful manner for them so all in all great conversation i think you'll get a lot of value out of this but before we get into this episode if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast growing and profitable iot market but don't know where to start check out our sponsor leverage Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, James, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, I'd love it if you could just start off by introducing yourself to our audience, background, experience, anything you think could be relevant. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm James Wu. I uh, started Innerspace about six years ago now. Um, I, prior to that, I had a long history in sort of the tech space, uh, studied computer science for many, many years at school, um, became increasingly interested in smaller and smaller tech companies, joined many a startup uh, prior to setting out on my own journey with this one. And nice. And tell us a little bit more about Innerspace. What do you all do? So, uh, I mean, Innerspace from a technology perspective is an indoor location platform. But from a business right. perspective, we are out there helping helping people make better use of uh, their their available indoor spaces. The indoors is a sort of finite and very costly resource, depending mm. on, you know, particularly for commercials. And we're helping people make better use of it. Nice. And I love it if you could tell us a little bit more about... The founding of the company. So what's interesting always to hear is is kind of what you saw as an opportunity before the company was started and the kind of the journey that you took to solve that problem and build a company around it. Yeah. Um, I, for me, this whole thing started in New York City. Uh, I was there for uh, on a business trip. I had the opportunity to uh, go to one of their, you know, one of the large museums, uh, the Met. Um, mm -hmm. and it struck me as this strange dichotomy, uh, you know, outdoors, I could use my phone to get, you know, cabs and food and I'd learn about all of the, learn about all of the, uh, you know, the points of interest in the city. But as soon as I went into this iconic and famous space, 
they handed me a paper map and I had to sort of struggle to get around and I couldn't use my right. phone. Um, and it made me start thinking about what, you know, the inevitability that the kind of infrastructure, the kind of experiences you could get outdoors with the GPS, uh, the inevitability of it being available indoors and, and enabling all these really interesting human experiences, but also business opportunities. Um, and what would it take to, you know, what would it take to get there and what's preventing it from us from being there now? Um, and that, that was 2014, uh, kind of took me two years to formulate a reasonable hypothesis about what the technology needed to look like and what the opportunities mm -hmm. from a business perspective looked like, um, and kicked off the company in early 2016. Very nice. Um, so since 2016 until now, kind of what's the journey been like? What's, what have been the biggest learnings, uh, problems you've overcome and uh, to get you where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest the biggest learning for the company has really been around. I mean, there's your startup there. You know, there's all kinds of different learnings, but the biggest thing has really really been around finding where the the most urgent or the most immediate uh, value proposition. Like, what is the market that this kind of technology can serve first? Mm. Um, in the early days of the company, everybody was thinking about the value of this kind of platform to say retail spaces. And we were looking at them as well. Um, and, you know, retail wasn't really where we found our sweet spot. And we tried, you know, uh, entertainment and sports venues and, and there, we do have value there and we have some customers there, but that, you know, that journey of finding, you know, where's the real pull for this kind of product and, and capability today has taken us to, you know, into the corporate space and into uh, corporate real estate and helping companies that operate some of the most expensive real estate in the world yep. get more value out of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And talk about how, as you kind of were figuring out that the corporate real estate space is, is a pretty big opportunity for you, what was being done in that space prior to you entering it and bringing your solution to that market? What was it kind of like for them to be able to solve some of these problems? What were those problems they were looking to solve? And talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, the problem, it's interesting. So this problem that corporate real estate has been trying to solve uh, for, that they've been doing it for a while. If you think about, you know, decades ago, mm. corp, you know, white collar workers would have their own office. They'd go into yeah. the office and then go to their office. And then that kind of, you know, that kind of change to people going into the office and sitting in their cubicle. And from there, we went from cubicles to, you know, open desks, you know, open spaces where there were just rows of desks. And now offices or corporations are trying, well, let's let's try hoteling and let's try all of these different models for how people will use an office space. And the motivation behind all of that has been the recognition that it's really expensive to give an individual employee, say, a 200 square foot office when, you know, in places like New York or San Francisco, each of those square feet can cost them $100 a year, right? Sure. So if for each for each cut for each employee, they've gone from trying to, you know, allocating say 150 or 200 or 150 or 120 square feet and are trying to, you know, compress more people into less space without impacting their productivity. Right. That motivation changed a little, you know, over the past two years with COVID and the pandemic, right? Um, and people, are recognizing a very, very different value proposition for the office space than they once thought it had. Yeah, that was actually my next question. I was going to ask you about how the pandemic's influenced it because I've had a number of guests on here who have been, um, who, who are in kind of the smart city space and the smart building space. And the mm -hmm. pandemic has made a pretty big impact on the priority sh 
uh, for their company and the and the com and the companies that they work with. Um, just kind of from a from a what's important to them and what problems maybe were on the horizon for them to be thinking about, but not really a priority until the pandemic happened. And I love it if you could kind of expand on how the pandemic sort of influenced things or or affected your customers to the point of what it's kind of transitioned you into now. Yeah, I mean, prior to the pandemic, this this use case, the application of this kind of data to the the, the corporate re, the corporate real estate world, was sort of a nice to have. And moving into a a the kind of capability that really forward thinking companies um, were were starting to onboard and starting to to look at. Um, so you know, in 2019, the the earliest customers we had in this space were of the leading edge of technology and really and really sort of advanced thinkers about how they wanted their their offices to function. So when we were thinking about it then, we saw the market as taking a few more years. You know, our our goal there was to educate customers and to really make them think about how they how the office was functioning for them and you know what the costs of that that resource were and how they might be able to capitalize on some on on um, opportunities uh, in that space. With the pandemic, offices were all empty. Everybody worked from home, you know, for, I mean, at least a year or more, depending on where, where you were. And companies started to realize, like, hold on, my, my light stayed on the, the office, the, the business continued. And so they started to question what was the function. They started to actively question the function of their office space. Did they need it? And did it serve the purpose that they right. thought it did? Because sure. even with no one in the office, life continued. Business continued, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We kind of went through the same thing um, just as a occupant of the business is trying to figure out how we're going to use them, how we make them safe, that kind of thing. Um, so, mm -hmm. so it's been very interesting to kind of learn what's come out of the pandemic um, as it relates to the IoT space and the technology space in general. One of the, um, in, in kind of the, the discussions are prior to our, our chat here, one of the terms um, from your all side that was thrown out was called, uh, or was Indorology. What is that mm. exactly? And how do you, like, I'm, I'm sure it seems like a, maybe an internal kind of um, term. What, what does that mean exactly? And kind of what's the value that that kind of term allows you to, to be able to, to bring to the market? It is, I mean, it's an, it's, a word we sort of throw around uh, just as a way of helping, you know, internally, we were just talking about like, what do we really do for customers? How do we think about what value we, what, you know, what we are trying to do for customers. Right. Um, and we've always talked about like helping people scientifically, you know, apply more science to their understand up to how they understand how their spaces are used. Right. Yeah. So it's one right. thing for someone to sit and observe, or it's one thing to go and ask, you know, Hey, you know, Mr. VP of sales, do you need all the desks you've got? Or how are your right. meeting spaces? How much are you using your meeting spaces? And another thing to, you know, really measure. Um, and so when we thought about that idea of, of being scientific and rigorous about how you collect data and understand your space, mm -hmm. um, in just seemed like to, to encapsulate it. Um, so it's a bit playful, uh, but it, it's, I think it carries a lot of the meaning, um, in sure. that one word that we that we are trying to tell customers we do for them we help you apply more rigor to how you understand and measure uh, space usage yeah i think it's interesting because uh, the educational component when it comes to almost a majority of iot solutions across very different industries 
is always a challenge for companies to get a customer mm -hmm. to understand not just what the technology is, but and not just how it works, but the value it provides. And being able to articulate that in a way that allows them to kind of understand what they're going to see from the implementation of this technology is yep. how we've seen adoption grow and and seen more success is when you have that, um, when you're able to unite both sides in a clear understanding of, okay, we're going to implement this technology to do X. It's going to give you this data and now you can you know, be able to make better decisions and do things you were not able to do to achieve these goals that you have or have been thinking about or competitors of yours have that you probably should be thinking about how to solve. Um, so it's it's very interesting when companies you can tell a company puts a lot of emphasis on that educational component by coming up with you know terms like like indoorology and things like that. So um, it seems like like have you noticed much of a difference since uh, I guess over the last I'd say six twelve months in the educational side of things with companies or is that still kind of something that we're you're, you're, is, is an uphill battle depending on who the customer is. So there's been a, a, a like a, a market difference between you know post pre-pandemic and post-pandemic in the okay. in the level of education, the level of understanding. I think where okay. there's still more education to do is in helping customers understand, you know, the breadth of indurology, as an example, right? So people in people today are are they're they're at the point where they fully understand why they want to measure utilization and understand utilization so that they can provide better facilities and make sure you know people are productive when they come into the office but also long-term capitalize on on opportunities to reduce their cost structure right but where their education is still where they still have more to go is really understanding the difference between what are all of the tools you know what are the breadth of tools that are available to, for them to measure their spaces people today think mm -hmm. about occupancy counting a lot right um right. how many people are here right and that's that is a super important part of understanding usage but it's not the only part um you know there are a lot of tools that can be brought to bear to understand not just how many people but where they go and how long they stay and how right. do different groups of people use different spaces because that's a really important piece you may have a, you know, if you have two different teams who are trying to share the same space, they may work in very, very different manners um, and th therefore need very, very different kinds of resources. Yeah, it seems like, like we mentioned a second ago, is that that challenge of the education of what's available, what it does, you know, getting people to understand there's more than like you've mentioned here, but just occupancy sensors for them to be able to achieve goals there's ton the capabilities are are much more vast than they ever were before and i think that's mm -hmm. a super interesting thing to kind of think about what other challenges have you kind of seen in dealing with customers um or maybe just in the adoption of the technology for for this particular industry and, and as as you've already said is this has definitely changed a lot in the last two years but just kind of taking um a, a higher level look at things over let's say the last five years to now and maybe where they're going where do you think the biggest challenges are in adopting this technology for indoor spaces i think there i i mean so a constant challenge for us and for any any technology that is sort of looking at behavior and looking at people is privacy um people okay. are very concerned and and rightly so about privacy and the you know the kind of data that can be collected and interpreted and you know what does that data what what does that data mean on the surface and what could be inferred from it and all those kinds of things so right. you know we constantly are talking to customers and helping customers understand how what we do is done how everything we do i should say is done in the context of 
you know, being protective of people's individual privacy to make sure that it, the data can't be used for things that it was never intended to be used for. Um, right. The other is, and, and this is ironic on an, on an IoT podcast, but the other is the challenge of actually deploying infrastructure, mm. right? Deploying yeah. infrastructure at scale is a, is a difficult yeah. thing to do. Um, you know, whether it's cables or batteries, things, infrastructure needs to get powered somehow. Um, right. And when you talk to really large corporations who may operate office space in the millions of square feet, um, that's a really challenging conversation to have. Absolutely. Yeah, t totally. I think it's, it's, you know, across the board, the infrastructure piece is always a challenge. I mean, regardless of if it's indoor, even outdoor at times, um, it's just, it's, it's a unique problem for, for each person. And I think trying to build that infrastructure that makes sense from a cost perspective and ROI perspective, it's just, it's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah. So I mean, as we, one of the things yeah, that I was just going to say, what we have done is, is tried to find ways to leverage existing infrastructure and yep. that has kind yep. of moved the needle for us. hundred percent. Yeah. Seen that before as well as, as, um, as technology is maturing and it's able to be used for different things, you're going to see more infrastructure that's already in place. That's applicable and can be used to solve new problems and deploy things on top of. And I think that's, of uh, goes a long way in the success of the industry as a whole. So totally agree with you there. Um, for before sure. we wrap helps up here, you get more value from an existing one, right? Like it just, oh, it's just a value. Yeah. Add. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. And I think, um, and maybe this is kind of ties in my next question here. When it comes to the adoption of this all, do you have kind of advice for companies out there looking to adopt these types of solutions? And, and uh, kind of what I'm getting at is here is I've had a couple other guests on who mentioned sort of starting out with more of a modular approach, kind of start small, build, and then expand on top of. Is that kind of an approach you all recommend? Or I guess just in general, what what is the approach you recommend when it comes for co comes to companies listening now to, um, to adopt this technology and bring this into um, their businesses, their buildings, you name it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think we are at the early stage of the development of this market and people's natural companies or customers natural inclination is to start with something, um, start with something small, right? Uh, I, I would suggest that starting, you know, pilots and, and, you know, those kinds of projects make sense, but they have to be they have to be done at a reasonable scale such that you can actually understand the value of them and how that value would scale to your full operations, right? Right, so, right. you know, if you're thinking about a utilization platform and you want to kick the tires and you deploy it to, you know, one corner of one building, you're never going to actually be able to understand the value that the data can give you because there's not going to be enough relevance in that one corner for you to, sure. to, to really understand it. Right. So starting small is is the right thing to do, but you have to kind of figure out what is the right scale of small for you to start with so that you can really understand the value that the that you can get from the data. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to do this today because this has been very, very insightful um, and a topic that we talk a little bit about, but haven't had anybody come on and be able to kind of really dive into to what's going on in the space um, and really how powerful this can be. If for our audience out there listening and wants to learn more, kind of stay in touch, kind of stay in the know of what's going on over at Interspace, what's the best way they can do that? Well, I mean, certainly our our uh, website, interspace.io, but um, okay. we have, you know, Indoorology, if it's easier to remember, I think that'll direct us, direct you back to us. And we have, nice. you know, a very active blog that has all kinds of, you know, important and valuable resources for people to just understand what sure. you know what are the opportunities that that uh, they can capitalize on by by leveraging data like this 
And as we look uh, kind of out into the future for throughout the rest of the year, where do you kind of see things going and um, anything new and exciting coming out of, of your company that we should be on the lookout for? I mean, we're always we're always developing. I mean, what, what I find amazing is as we dig into our own understanding, our internal understanding of what, sure. you know, what 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 can the science of indoors actually reveal? You right. know, you, we start bundling up all of these different insights into really easy to understand, um, you know, actions, really easy to undertake actions to improve space, whether that's to improve the, 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 the efficiency of how you use it or to improve the, um, you know, the experience that, that people have with that space. So, you know, as we started to look beyond just numbers and occupancy or, yeah. you know, num like how long people are there, we started to re realize really valuable uh, metrics that we could or insights we could provide about people like what te how do teams interact with each other, right? Yeah, I had no idea that that kind of information was possible to yeah. to reveal. Um, and so I think as we go through the year, we're going to find more and more of those really powerful sort of um, insights that we can provide to companies about how their space and how their teams are, are, are functioning. Yeah, I think that's the evolution of it all is very exciting of just what's possible, learning what problems actually exist and being able to solve them with the technology um, and discovering new problems that companies may not have realized they've had, especially coming back from the pandemic back into the office. They're going mm -hmm. to start to see new things and new demand, new new issues they need to figure out solutions for. And it seems like what you all have going on it kind of is right up the alley to, to explore those Um so yeah. very excited to kind of stay in touch and follow along with what's going on um, at Interspace. And um, congrats on all the success you guys have been having. And it looks like there's a lot of exciting times ahead. There certainly is. Thank you very much. Appreciate <laughs> Absolutely. The, uh, taking the time to speak about it. Yeah, thanks, James. We'll talk soon. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, once we get this out to our audience, we'll, we'll let you all know because we think we're going to get a lot of value out of this one. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.